All right, back with the WMAY Morning News Feed. He's joining us just a few minutes earlier than we anticipated, but glad he's here live in studio with us, Don Schaefer with the Midwest Truckers Association. Don, thanks for taking time. A lot to talk about here. Glad to be here, So let's get into it. Uh, we're seeing headlines for months. Uh, supply chain issues really kind of uh, you know uh, sparked up. I think it was one of the most um, troubling things that I reported on early in the pandemic was when we were hearing about meat shortages, you know, not being able to get the types of chicken you wanted. Uh, so that uh, really was, um, uh, at least for me, a pretty stark realization of how the uh, supply chain's impacting. I knew that there were a lot of issues with the toilet paper or whatnot, but I never had any problems with that. Um, but uh, when it was the, the food source where it really made a, made an impact on me, at least. Uh, and then you hear about uh, medical supplies, part of the supply chain. And when we're in a pandemic, that's the last thing we want to have bottlenecked. But What's going on here? Give us an assessment from the beginning of the pandemic to where we're at right now. Well, you know, 18 months ago, if you came back and asked somebody, what's the supply chain, they would go, I have no idea. You know, it's not a, uh, you know, not a common words that you would hear in the everyday vocabulary. Uh, That's changed quite a bit because people finally realize that uh, everything we eat, drink, you know, uh, consume uh, has to move into the supply chain. Uh, It can be... uh, it could be anywhere around the world. Uh, but we're just going to use a textbook example. We'll use a container because it seems like so much of what we consume uh, comes from China. And as a result, uh, it, it has to come uh, 90% of the time. It's coming on a container uh, from inland China, going to Hong Kong, Shanghai, uh, what have you. Uh, gets on a ship, goes to Long Beach, L.A. Uh, there's other places all on the, the West Coast. Um, and then from there, it gets on a train. Uh, And then on a train, it comes, a ton of it comes, and people don't realize, it comes to Chicago, Chicago area, Joliet, Bedford Park, these areas, uh, which is considered the largest inland port in the world. So all these goods and services are coming in, uh, and then, you know, say, uh, the Centerpoint facility in Joliet. Then it goes to warehouses. Warehouses, they break it down. You know, you've got a target warehouse, and it's going to go to, you know, 100 different targets. So they break it down all the way along the line. And it's great when it works. Well, you know what? We've had issues where they haven't worked. You know, we've had uh, manpower issues because of COVID, uh, starting even in China. Uh, China shut down. Uh, so a lot of the stuff we wanted uh, either was shipping, uh, you know, the, the shipping was going to uh, uh Take it and, and, and get it over, but it didn't happen. So um, we have been to the point where um, uh, we've had problems there. We've had problems at the harbor. Uh, we've had problems with the railroads, truckers, warehouses. Right now, we're at that point where I think everyone finally realizes what the problem is, and now they're trying to figure out, hey, how are we going to take care of this? I mean, right now, it is we need people, you know, and we need to have the system back in place, uh, or we're going to have shortages of everything. It makes no difference what it is. It's well, just going to be a problem. Especially as we head into the holiday season, where shopping's increasing, people are wanting to get uh, their, their their gifts for their family, and uh, if their gifts uh, involve anything along the lines of the supply chain, it's it, it could very well either not be on the shelf or could be coming late uh, from whatever online retailer they purchase it. And you go to any store right now. I mean, any store, you're going to see some empty shelves or, you know, not empty, but, you know, there's doesn't Bare, have, yeah. no inventory there. Right. And, you know, the problem we've seen is, of course, once we can get the container, you know, uh, 
out of the port and, and in the pike, we can get things moved pretty much. But then you run into little things. And, and every time something happens, it's co- you know, compounded um, by, you know, when you get that container, it comes off a train, it's supposed to go on what they call a chassis. And then the chassis is supposed to be picked up by a truck, and the truck's supposed to take it to the warehouse. Well, we've got a shortage of chassis. Uh, there's a shortage of truck drivers. There's a shortage of dock hands. Um, and all these, you know, all these just, you know, compound the problem. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're trying to, you know, where do we start? And that's basically, you know, what they've been trying to do. You know, two weeks ago, we had 156 container ships sitting in Long Beach, L.A. Harbor, waiting to be unloaded. Usually there's two or three. Uh, and it just backed up. And these are massive, massive ships. I mean, oh, yeah, they've they're, got they're, how many containers they on They have 20,000 containers on them. I mean, it's a, they're massive. And, and you know... Here, those of us in the Springfield area, we see them every day. They're yeah. going up and down, you know, the railroad right. because that is one of the main conduits to take them into the Chicago area. And uh, the UP has that line, and um, you know they're running as much as they can. The manpower, you know, the number of pieces of equipment they have to move it, uh, and, and it's working great. So once they get them in there, you know, they break down the containers and bingo, they get start getting it into the process. Now the problem is. We got all these empty containers, and now they got to get them back to China, and to 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 reuse them. And I mean, so it's a it's a logistical nightmare right now. Maybe the best way to put it, you know. But it, uh, um, you know, it's uh, I I think we've seen the peak of the problem. So we're keeping our fingers crossed. We're talking with Don Schaefer. He is with Midwest Truckers Association here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. And Don, we've talked before in the past about uh, pre-COVID uh, you know, regulations impacting the trucking industry and whatnot. Then COVID comes along, throws a huge wrench in everything. But are we seeing some of the same issues also compounding uh, uh, the, the trucking industry when it comes to employment, when it comes to uh, the types of trucks that can be operated in different states? Uh, tell us about uh, how government's impacting the situation. Sure. I mean, you know, government has a, you know, they are the chief regulator of the industry. And so um, you do have issues. I mean, as you were saying, how how do they regulate the trucks? Well, you know, the federal agencies regulate the trucks. California has their own set of regulations that make it even stricter on trucks. So that that compounds a problem we have, like in in the state of California. Um, But we're dealing also with, uh, you know, a number of uh, of truckers out there. Uh, You know, we've had, uh, uh, just like any industry, there's been a lot of people who have said, hey, you know what? I'm not ready to go back to work. I may not even go back to work at all. So we've seen the the labor pool, um, uh, I would say, decrease maybe, but uh, not as much decrease as demand has increased. So we need more drivers. And until they come up with new technology that's going to, you know, uh, take care of some of that, uh, you know, we need bodies in the trucks. Um, and uh, it's not an easy process to be a truck driver. You've got to take, you've got to pass a physical. You've got to maintain drug and alcohol testing. Um, you know, these types of things. You have certain skills to drive the truck. So it's, you know, it's not the easiest job in the world. But what has happened is like every other job, the pay scale has gone up. So people who had sat there and said, you know, two years ago, eh, I ain't going to drive a truck. It doesn't, you know, doesn't appeal to me at all. Now they're looking at the dollar signs that are being offered to drive those trucks, and they're going, hey, that's a lot more money than I'm going to make at any Walmart, any Home Depot, you know, what have you. Uh, this is a good opportunity, plus full benefits. And and so what has happened is all of a sudden, uh, a lot of people are thinking twice about, you know, truck driving. We've got retired 
people who have, you know, uh, retired from their regular jobs and saying, hey, I wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, I could drive short haul. I could drive long haul. I could do, you know, whatever I wanted. Retired couples. That, you know, they, the industry loves retired couples. Uh, Husband-wife teams that get in the trucks, they love that. Um, the truck driver schools, same thing. Um, they are full. And, you know, there are companies that sit there and just wait for the, comp- you know, the truck driving schools to graduate their drivers, and they snatch them, and they put them to work. So if they're interested in truck driving, I mean, this is a, a great opportunity for someone, you know, to get in the business. Even, uh, I would imagine, maybe looking at some of those younger drivers, what are, what are the age requirements? Is it uh, 21 you have to yeah, you get to CDL? See, see, and that's the one big problem is that, you know, you get, you get uh, kids that come out of high school. Uh, they aren't interested in going to college. Uh, and they want to learn a trade, uh, they want to be a plumber, electrician, you know, what have you, uh, those types of things. 18, they can go in, go in an apprenticeship, you know, a year or two, and, you know, they, they get their card, and then they're, uh, they're set. They've got a great job. They've got a great career. The problem with trucking is that you can be 18, and you can drive a truck, but you can't leave the state of Illinois. And that's like every state. It's all set the same way. Uh, you got to be 21 to drive interstate. Um, you know, and that what that does is that that kind of, you know, it discourages some people saying, well, I can't really make the good money unless I can drive interstate. But, you know, I can't do it until I'm 21. Well, the guys who, you know, by the time they're 21, these guys, other people have got good careers already. You know, it could be, you know, carpenters, electricians, what have you. And they aren't going to go back and look back on trucking. So trucking depends on people who are looking at second careers, uh, people who have decided, you know, maybe this is something I've always wanted to do. Uh, I tried something else. Let's give it a try. And, you know, that's that's what the industry depends on. And because of that, the average age in the industry uh, is higher than a lot of professions. So, you know, you, you get drivers, you know, on average, who are in their late 40s, early 50s, which is average. Um but, you know, the industry has really rolled out everything they can to make it easier. Um, you know, the equipment is, you know, is top-notch now. It's totally different from the old trucks, you know. It used to be the old trucks, you had two stick shifts, and you had to, you know, be able to drive a clutch. It was bumpy, you know, didn't have air conditioning. Uh, the newest trucks are like, you know, Cadillacs, 18-wheel Cadillacs. I mean, because they are, they got everything. They got air ride seats. They got air conditioning. They got GPS. They, you know, they A little bed in the back, maybe yep. a mini fridge, so they can stay overnight a somewhere. A little motorhome. And- yeah, you can and of course, and everyone says, "Well, what about these driverless trucks?" And that's, you know, that's a big issue. They're going, "Well, if you're going to get driverless trucks, you don't need drivers," which is not true because of the fact is, no matter what happens, uh, you're always going to have to deal with the first mile, last mile. Uh, trucks are going to be great if you're driving, you know, on on interstate dedicated truck lanes. That that's going to happen. It's happening now. They are out there. You know, we've seen trucks like. Auto, which is a you know one that uh, they make beer deliveries, you know, and they're out there on the road right now, uh, not full fledged, but they've been experimenting with them. Um, you've seen Tesla truck, you know, we see we see the Tesla truck coming through Springfield all the time because of the fact that they do, um, you know, they do a lot of test runs on, on on not just on the interstates, but on. 36, you know, these roads, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, so they're using that as their test bed to, to, to see how the technical capabilities of those uh, pieces of equipment are. Are we going to see, you know, driverless trucks? Um, I think we'll see, we'll see assisted trucks. 
uh, it'll make it easier. And but by, like you said, that last mile uh, and the first mile, getting out of the warehouse area without getting into an accident and getting into where it's being delivered without getting into an accident. Well, perfect example. we got a truck coming in off of, you know, 54 here in Spalding. And is that truck going to be able to come around automatically and come up the driveway here at, at the radio station? No. You know, not at least not at least right now. Right. You know. Yeah, the technology's but, not quite there yet. But. but it's getting there. And the thing about it is, is that if that will help ease some of the burden, you know, once we get to that point, it's not going to happen next year. It's not going to happen the year after that. I mean, we're looking down the road, just like, you know, uh, a car is going to be the same way. Uh, we're going to have a technological um, uh, upheaval. Uh, and not just with trucks. Uh, we're going to see it. You know, we're seeing it with railroads. You know, trains are running now. There's two people on that train. That's it. You know, and and uh, the manpower needed to operate a train, far less. Most of your warehouses, they're automated, and they're becoming more automated. You know, the place where the automation is not is like at Long Beach, L.A., Harbor at, at those ports. They still are, have arcane employment rules uh, that have really shut down this whole process. So somewhere along the line, everyone's got to get up to speed on the technological advances and then say, hey, this is going to be the way you know we can make, number one, we can get those shipments out. We can get them out on a timely basis, and we can do it on an economical basis because of the fact that everything we're looking at right now, um, you're seeing ads of manufacturers saying, hey, this year, you know what, we, we decided we aren't going to put it in a container, and we aren't going to wait for you know two months for it to get from Shanghai uh, to Chicago. You know, we're going to put them on an airplane, you know, and it's wow. going to cost eight times as much, but we're going to get the product to the customer uh, so they can be on the shelves for the holiday season. That means prices are going to go up, and prices are going up on everything. And, you know, we want to write a textbook on inflation. This is it. You know, it's, you know, the shipping transportation costs are key. Uh, you know, compounded with the high cost, you know, price of fuel has literally doubled in the last 18 months. Um, actually, in the last year, I mean, diesel fuel has just skyrocketed, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of politics that are being played there. And uh, uh, so I think a lot of people are saying, you know, somewhere along the line, people are going to have to get their heads together because um, we're going to price ourselves out of everything, you know, just compounding all these issues. So it just continues to stack up. Don Schaefer with Midwest Truckers Association. Greatly appreciate you taking the time. Let's talk again soon, all right? Because uh, this issue ain't going anywhere for any time soon. <laughs> no, it's going to be happening after Christmas, too. So, oh, I mean, boy. That's always good to hear. Uh, Don, thanks for uh, bringing the good news. <laughs> Great. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>